0: You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Chris Regner. He's talking to me from Milwaukee. Chris, thanks so much
1: for being with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really honored.
0: Chris, let's talk about your 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 work and upcoming show. You're having a, a show at Paris Webby in, um, mm-hmm. in June and in other places. I, I'd love to get into a number of elements of your work, but I'm sure you're in the process of working on that, that some of that work now. So what is happening in your studio at the moment? What are you working sure. on? Sure.
1: Um, yeah. So last year was my debut solo show at Kravitz Weby, um And I was represented by them last year. Um, and that work was kind of an extension of what I was working on in grad school, which was um, a series of father figure paintings. So, um, growing up I didn't really have like a strong male role model so I kind of created these paintings reflecting on where you would find um those kind of um influences in like popular culture and media um so the work I'm working on right now um is sort of similar where I I am addressing some of the same like masculine tropes and references to pop culture but um Instead of father figures, I'm thinking more about like Greek mythology and um, portraying Greek gods, and that's kind of what I've been up to lately in the studio.
0: So let's talk a little bit about some of that imagery. There's a, a, a number of things um, that, I'd, that I'd like to talk about. That um, mm-hmm. it did. I mean, one of those paintings, perhaps, was um, "That's My Boy" number five. It's father devouring son, which which comes from that. Uh, um, I know Saturn devouring his children, right? That that that, mm-hmm. that kind of yep. imagery. Um, totally. Tell me to tell me a little bit about this because this one's different than the others. This is also about this sort of topic that you're talking about about father figures and masculinity, mm-hmm. and and this is yeah this kind of you know in in the context of how you're doing it, it seems like yeah this sort of hyper masculine odd thing where yeah why is this guy eating his children? You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah, so tell me a little bit about about this one because this has so many references and seems to have so many layers.
1: Yeah, Um, so um, I started this That's My boy series as kind of, I wouldn't say like a counterpoint to the father figures, but um, just a different perspective on it. And with um, those, I was trying to think of um, myself through the perspective of like an imaginary father and whether they'd be disappointed in me or if I'd be living up to, you know, like masculine expectations of behavior. Um, So I looked at Goya's um, Saturn devouring his son, obviously for this one. Um, And I was thinking a lot about uh, the idea of nature versus nurture at this time. So kind of if we're like genetically predisposed to continue the bad behavior of, you know, our fathers, or if we can kind of break free of that. Um, So in this one, I was thinking about animals that commit infanticide in order to kind of establish their um, dominance in a pack, so there's some um, primates that will go into other um, packs of primates and kind of kill the children in order to establish their dominance in that new group. so I was thinking about, like, this lineage of violence. So it's like a father devouring his son, and then the son is devouring his son. So just trying to think about, like, if it's possible to break the cycle of, like, abuse and violence. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. And, I'm, I mean, that's why I asked you about it. I, you know, that's such an interesting narrative. It's so introspective. It's also, you know, something that, that many people can relate to in, in, in so many different ways. Um Thanks. And I'd like to talk to another another painting from that from a different series, um mm-hmm. a little bit later, which is Father Figure Number Four, Weekend Warrior, and we see like, you know, kids with Nerf guns or reading as well as um an image of a brick building with like a ballast drawn on it and a face and an arm. I I wanna talk about all this imagery, but I know there's also a narrative here since we just spoke about that. What's what's happening
1: yeah. here? Um, so this one, um, so the initial father figure paintings, what I would do is I would take a generic male silhouette. I just try to find like a clip art one. I do that a lot. I just try to find the most generic stereotypical representation of, you know, something that I put in the painting. Um, and then I would put molding paste on top of this silhouette, and then I'd carve it out with like a Dremel. So this is actually pretty textured. It looks like brick and stucco. Um, But I was kind of thinking about um, like using this kind of dilapidated structure of a father figure to kind of protect the children from violence and harm. They're using it as cover, but it's kind of falling apart. Um, And then specifically, um, there's a boy on the right with a journal and a gas mask. And I was thinking a lot about Otto Dix's um, war paintings. And Otto Dix is definitely someone that I gravitate towards a lot because, um, you know, he was in world war one and then he came back and he depicted kind of the, um, CD underbelly of, you know, post world war one Germany. But I think his perspective is more interesting to me because he actually was part of that community. Um, and I think with my work, that's always something I want to do, which is kind of implicate myself in that too. Um, so yeah, that's that was kind of the basis for this painting. Um, and another thing that appears in my work a lot that I think might've started in this one is kids with like toy guns. Um, and again, like kind of talking about that idea of like failing as, you know, failing to match up to these masculine expectations. Um, and I put like toy guns and like foam swords in my paintings. Um, and I think of it kind of like when you're dreaming and you are trying to punch someone and it feels like you're punching underwater. Like it's just like, you know, you're hitting someone with marshmallows. And that's the kind of feeling I want to give off in the paintings is like these, these kids aren't really capable of violence or capable of doing what they should be doing in these situations.
0: Well, let's, let's, let's talk about how the how also the the imagery, the textures, the mediums that you're using Also push forward that image because these are these are feel like such disparate approaches, right? And that's what's exciting about these these images. Or one of the things is is what looks like a you know a brick wall, a fake foot, something that's sort of photoshopped or not from a a hand of a superhero, like incredibly incongruous Mm -hmm. and unusual combining of materials, including the backgrounds and the gradients and and how this is all put together. I could I could talk to you for a while about just the, this content right that that we've been talking mm-hmm. about but at the same time there's an, an an incredible amount of materials and materiality going going into this that's that's telling another story in a way
1: right mm-hmm. yeah um so the way i think about painting generally is really based on cubist collage specifically um picasso's guitar sheet music and glass collage there's there was something about that that really kicked off a whole body of work for me um and in case you know you're you're not aware of it it's um it's just a basically a, a guitar put together with disparate things that refer outside of it to guitars so there's sheet music you know wood grain pattern um you know, wallpaper that kind of refers to it. And then it all comes together to form this guitar. But, like, if you just look at the pieces individually, it doesn't really um, match up very well. And I I think that awkwardness is something that I always try to have in the work. I I like to push it as far as I possibly can and have it still kind of make sense as a figure um, or a portrait. Um, But I, I also want, and this doesn't always happen, like, it's a formula, but I do want every part to kind of either reference something outside of the painting or reference the overall concept of it, but like hinged upon this apparatus of like a father figure or a Greek God or, um, narrative. Um, but a lot of the materiality is, uh, airbrush. That's primarily what I use for all these. I'd say like 99% of the painting is airbrush. Um, mm. And the one we were just talking about is a little different. I, I don't typically do the molding paste sort of carving anymore, but um, there's just something really appealing to me about having like a limited tool set that I have to like express a b- bunch of textures through. Um, and I think that comes from when I was in undergrad and I was a drawing major at my school. We had just drawing and we, we just used drawing media for like four years um, and I was really enamored with graphite drawing and I didn't really have like typical painting classes. Like I didn't learn how to oil paint in a traditional way. So when I came out and I wanted to paint, um, I picked up an airbrush and I realized that it was a lot more like drawing than painting. And that really appealed to me. And then it just kind of took off from there. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause it, yeah, it does have a, of course the quality of drawing
0: being airbrush and, so to, to move into what seems to be the latest series, right, of 2021, as, as, mm-hmm. as you spoke about, it's still the father figure series, but now you're incorporating um, Greek figures, you were saying, right? And this is a different, seems like a different palette and, and, um, and, and a kind of evolution of, of what was happening before. These are your language, but they're, um, yeah, there's something very different happening here in terms of the, the story, it seems, as well as the, the palette. An approach,
1: yeah, yeah, so for these, um, so just technically speaking, with the palette um i I think I started to get more of a handle on color with the airbrush um, i it's it's definitely more like um, like glazing than it is, like a direct opaque approach, it's like building up transparent layers, so there's an opportunity to have the light coming through the paint bouncing through the canvas, and it just gives it a different vibrance and i also started using um transparent colors to just kind of boost the color a little bit um but yeah so these these were for my solo show last year um and i did start integrating more greek figures which actually um uh will be more of the focus in uh the new body of work that i'm showing this year too um yeah. yeah, so yeah, talk about are, those
0: Greek figures because the Greek figures are, in a sense, replacing
1: or a model for the father figure that we talked about earlier, right? Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, the new, the newest work, which I don't have up on my website yet, um, but uh, I I got this book. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? It's Greek myths by. Um, Let me just get the author really quick because I think it's worth knowing. Olivia Coolidge. um, And it was made in, I think, 1949. And it's just a good basic primer to a bunch of Greek myths. And I just spent the past couple months just reading through these and feeling um, like, like they're very complicated individuals. They're not really gods that you'd want to aspire to or emulate, but there's something about that human nature of them that I just I would like to see in more art nowadays I I like the nuance of that I don't I don't want it to be like they're good or evil and I think with the father figures too that was an important theme where um, I didn't want these people to seem like I'm just judging them or saying they're evil I think they're complicated and they're doing their best despite you know not really having the capacity to do good.
0: Yeah, that's 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 such a kind of forgiving and
1: and sort of.
0: Um, I'm I'm not sure exactly how to how to kind of paraphrase that that sense, but you're you're being very generous somehow. You're looking at 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 things that are both evil and not, and and imagining them through a father figure and and in advance, sort of, almost mm-hmm. yeah, forgiving them yeah. for for what for what they're doing, that you're not faulting them as a, as a, as a human, which is typically exactly what sons do to fathers,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I think, um, and this might just be how I had to approach it, but, um, just growing up with the type of father I did, I think my options were to either just kind of fall into the pit and replicate it or try to find some sort of empathy or pity, for this for the man and just recognize that you know i i have my flaws as well and that you know he had a bad upbringing you know it's not entirely his fault too I, I think that forgiveness is pretty paramount to the work too and i i think like you said it kind of fits in with the the greek gods as well because they do a bunch of abhorrent things to you know each other and to humans but in the end, I think they're trying to do well as much as they know how to do that
0: and And the most recent paintings you're doing they're they're carrying on this this theme you're you're working with um Greek myths still at the moment
1: yes, i am yeah um so they're they're definitely not as autobiographical as um the father figure paintings where I, I think I'm thinking a little bit more broadly about them and more in terms of how the narratives could relate to, you know, contemporary topics or, um, you know, tropes that, you know, there's something that I find timeless about those myths and something that just speaks to the core of being a human that I think is really important and still irrelevant today. So I, I felt the urge to depict that, um, and, you know, create my own understanding of these figures or characters. Um, but, yeah. Well, that's, they're, what, yeah, they're yeah, that's so
0: interesting because that's what they're really for, right? We have these myths in our lives, these
1: archetypes, these Greek
0: myths, and, and in a way that's what, that's what ideally I imagine they're for, to incorporate into our lives as teachings in, in, in various ways. I mean, from what I'm hearing, you're saying you're doing that as, as As a learning process, but it's also being manifested in in all of these paintings as as well
1: yeah definitely um and i I think it's important to just for my practice um, to not come at these narratives or topics from a place of judgment and i I think like there is a satirical element to the paintings, but I also don't want them to just be scathing. I, I I do want to implicate myself and, you know, show that you know it's like we're all susceptible to these desires or you know faults, and it's not really my place to tell you that you know I think I'm better than that or you know you should be better than that. I I just think it's more important to understand the nature of being human and again I think that's just where the Greek myths really spoke to me at least just to see that these struggles have been going on for thousands of years in um, you know these universal stories
0: I like that it's well said um, really well said I in, in the upcoming show I know you're having um, two the upcoming show at Kravitz Webby how many paintings will be in that and, and will it all be this series I know it's projected um, now this yeah. is June
1: Yeah, um, so there'll be about 12 paintings in there, um, and they're varying in sizes, but um, there'll be, yeah, yeah, there'll be about 12. Um,
0: Sorry, what was the second part of your question? Will they, yeah, how many paintings will they be, and and about 12 paintings, and will it be this, Mm -hmm. it'll be this series. It'll be um, based on uh, a set of Greek myths.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a few different ones in there that um, don't follow that formula, um, but mainly it's Greek myths. um, And uh, one of them is going to specifically be about um, the character Paul Atreides from Dune. So that, that one's a little bit different. Um, And then I also have one that is going to speak about, um, I've been looking at Picasso's um, use of the Minotaur and, that's something else that I've really um, gravitated towards. So I've tried to start depicting that in my own way and giving it kind of, you know, referencing his intent with it, but then also kind of creating my own spin on it. I like that. And, um,
0: and you, you mentioned Paul Atreides from, from Dune, um just quick, but that's, but that's really interesting because that's also a mix of all these things, right? It's kind of a, uh, an ogre and a saint right there's all kinds of mixed things mm-hmm. going on there right that's so yep. so that's a slightly different but related to all of these things it sounds like uh, an, an amalgam of of so much that you've been working on
1: definitely yeah um there's just something yeah i, I feel like paul atreides really fit the mold of the greek god sort of myth too in in the way that You know, he's this messianic figure, whether or not he wanted to be, it was kind of hoisted upon him. And he spends a good amount of the novel trying to subvert that future from happening. And then he just comes to the realization that he can't. And, um, with the sequel books, it just gets worse and worse as his, uh, I guess religious following, um, starts committing atrocities in his name. Um, but you know, he starts out as kind of this naive little boy and I'm not saying he's a victim of circumstance because he definitely plays a part in it, but, um, you know, he's complicated as well. It's not just good or evil. Right. Right. Yeah. So interesting.
0: Well, I wish you well with this coming show, and I, I want to ask you one more question before we go, which is what are
1: you reading at the moment? Well, actually, I just finished uh, reading Dune, so <laughs> kind of uh, mm-hmm. goes back to why I chose that as a painting, so that that was the most recent thing I've been reading. That makes sense. I, I want to thank you
0: so much for talking with me today. I really appreciate your, your work and your time and, um, and the issues you're involved in. Thanks so much, Chris.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.